Welcome to the Fat Stacks Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Ezoic, which is a fascinating high-tech platform for bloggers. They recently launched a site speed accelerator platform, which significantly increases blogs and niche sites, especially on mobile. I've deployed it across all my sites, and the scores have improved dramatically. If you have a slow site, check it out. It's at Ezoic. Today I want to talk about blogger burnout. Now burnout is one of those things, it's kind of a trending topic, work-life balance, burnout, and similar in all kinds of industries. Uh, I have a law background, it's certainly no stranger to that in that industry. But I want to talk about it for bloggers and maybe a few things you could do to avoid it. Now, one thing that's interesting about blogging is I think a lot of people get into it and start having a little bit of success, really enjoy it. I mean, it, it, it's it's a fascinating line of work. I love it. I enjoy doing it. And for that reason alone, it's easy to fall into putting in more time than maybe you should or that is necessary. All right. So, uh, and I've done that some weeks and you get to the point where you, you can hardly think straight at the end of the day and you just know that that's too long and you can't do that indefinitely. And so in... In recent years, it's really been important to me to to limit my work week and to actually spend time thinking about and planning how to be more efficient and get more done with less of my involvement. And I'm going to set set out today what I do to be able to do that. Now, I haven't perfected it, all right, and I don't expect to perfect it. I don't. This is one of those things that's a progress, not perfection. But uh, I I do pay attention to it, and I do do strive to improve in this arena. This is also not to say that my goal is to not work at all. I think running a blogging business or a new site business, you're going to have to be involved to some extent. Now, I I think you could do it quite successfully one or two hours if you had really good systems and teams in place per day, one or two hours per day, that is. Maybe even less. Somebody could prove me wrong, certainly. But it's also at the same time, you know, the goal is, you know, if you if you save a couple of hours using some of these methods, the goal isn't to fill those few additional hours with more and more projects. All right. So I want I want to discuss certain approaches to this to try to just get more done in less time without your revenue tanking. All right. So the first thing in this, this is something I'm working on. Uh, I certainly haven't perfected. Now let's focus on the highest ROI return on investment projects. All right. At the end of the day, when I look at all my revenue sources and how many sites generate revenue and what I do to in to those sites and the work I put in to actually generate that revenue. It's interesting because there's some things that are very time-consuming that I do that don't really generate much revenue. Okay, and then there's some things I spend ridiculously little amount of time and it generates plenty of revenue. Okay, so let me explain uh, really what that is. You're probably asking yourself, well, I want to know what it is that you don't do much of to generate a lot of revenue. And it's this. I outsource the writing and getting that content onto the site. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat involved, but I've outsourced pretty much most of it, okay? So it works like this. Uh, I do the keyword research. That doesn't take long. I do it maybe once a month, do just reams and reams of keyword research. Sometimes I do it during the day if I kind of want to double-check some things. And then I'll just order the articles with a writing agency or in-house writer, 
that takes seven to ten days, okay, so you might get it back. I've got a system in place for my VA. They format the content and find images for it. They will just go in and grab those articles. So I don't, I'm not involved in the process from article completion to article getting onto the website. My, my involvement at that level, though, is I do review it before I approve it. Uh, there have been times where I haven't done that. I haven't reviewed content before it went on site. And... Most of the time it's okay, but once in a while you spot some really bad mistakes. So I, I do take a few minutes every day. Sometimes it takes 20 minutes to carefully go through the article, especially if some extensive revisions are needed. Okay, So I am involved at that level. But after that, it gets formatted, put on the site. So now, why am I telling you all this detail? Because this is actually something I do every day that takes up about one hour two hours tops if there's a, some work that needs to be done to improve things. Uh, that generates actually the lion's share, like probably 80% or more, maybe 90% of my niche site revenue. Okay, so, which is great, right? Because it's like I'm hardly involved in this task and it generates the lion's share of the revenue. And let's talk about the email newsletter, which I am still setting up. And I'm going to be able to outsource it because I've, I've been tweaking all different kind of ideas and so forth. But I'm going to actually have my team do it going forward because I've set it up in a way that it can be reasonably easily outsourced. But um, the time it takes to put it in a newsletter together is 10, 15 minutes time. But the revenue is a joke. So the ROI on that is, is bad. And let's also talk about videos. Now, I think videos are great. I think a lot of people do great videos. People have built tremendous businesses from videos. I think I, I wish I could do video. Let's just put it that way. I wish I could make great videos that would go viral or get a lot of traffic or build a successful YouTube channel. It is not me. I'm I'm not an influencer. Fat Sacks has a video channel. It's okay, but it's not like hockey stick trajectory. And and I just don't ever see that that's going to happen. I'll keep making them, but it's not going to happen. And it's the same in my niche sites. I'm not a video person which is I'm okay with because I've got other things going on. But I think video is great. But putting it back to my niche site operation, for the most part, there are video opportunities in my niche sites. I think any niche site, you have video opportunity. It just doesn't work for me, and I have tried. Uh, I haven't shoveled, like, tens of thousands of dollars into it, like a whole professional production. I suspect there might be potential there, but... I don't really see a positive ROI coming out of that. That's just not worth it. So so for me, video doesn't work. Email, not so great, but I still do it just because I can outsource that pretty much. Uh, other things that don't really work, putting a lot of time into pins, all right? For me, that's not a good ROI. Again, it can be outsourced. It's not cheap always. Uh, and these days, I'm finding Pinterest is not like it used to be in terms of traffic potential. So I haven't hit on a... I do I do well on Pinterest, and I'm on there. And I get several thousand visits a day from Pinterest, but it's not like, okay, I'm going to go all out, I'm going to create some really killer pins, I'm going to do it consistently, and watch my traffic go from 3,000 visitors to 20,000 visitors a day. I don't think it's going to happen. I've actually tried on multiple occasions to really put a big push in. The needle moves up but not worth it. So low RI stuff. So really at the end of the day, I'm, I'm pretty much boiled down to publish evergreen content that targets low competition keywords and do that over and over and over and make sure the content's really good and do it over and over and over. And that's it. And 
actually I'm really lucky because that's a pretty simple system, right? Writers are involved, VAs format it, I click, they pick publish, they click publish, and I simply review it. Done. Okay, high ROI task that I can outsource so it works, and that's, that's the basis of my niche sites. So, now here's a very important point. Highest ROI doesn't always mean the most money, okay? There are some things I could do that would earn me more money, quite a bit more money, but the problem with that is the ROI sucks. And that's because the input needed to make that money is really, really high. It's going to take up a lot of my time. And therefore, it's really not worth it, right? The two parts equation to this whole thing, focus on doing less that earns more. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be able to earn the most amount possible, but I'm trying to get that the, the ultimate ratio, right? The less to more. All right, so let me give you an example with fat stacks. I charge a, 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 a stupid amount for coaching uh, per hour. I charge a per hour. I hardly ever get hired. It's pretty rare. Uh, and, and the reason I do that is because setting aside the time, setting up the whole thing, the emails back and forth, let's say, I, and, and I review questions beforehand. I think that, you know, I don't like to waste people's time when, when you know, when we go do the hour. I want I want to dedicate it solely to providing information. So let's say all in, I'm maybe an hour and a half uh, all in for the hour. And still, it's a great rate. But the problem is it's somewhat disrupt- disruptive to my entire week flow of, uh, of work, what I, what I do. And so I'm not really big on it. I don't really want to do it. I, don't, I, I kind of enjoy it, but I just it's just not really a good fit for me. So I charge an outrageous amount. But if I lower that... I could probably sell a lot of it, and my revenue would go up dramatically. But if I lowered it, let's say to 150 an hour or 100 an hour, which is still a, a terrific hourly rate, that would require me to work an hour and a half for that, whatever fee I charge, and I could sell more. But if I wanted to make $5,000, I'd have to do, I guess, 50 hours worth of work. I'd rather do something with five hours of work that would make, let's say, $3,800 than do the 50 hours of work. So that's what I'm talking about. Focus on the high ROI. If you're starting out, it's probably going to take you a little bit to figure that out. You're going to figure out what you're good at. Maybe you are good at videos. Maybe you can create a really great video and it goes viral or you can build up a whole channel that gets really popular. Maybe you're really good on Instagram. Maybe you've got an influencer type personality. That's great. It's a totally different model than what I do. Maybe you're really good at writing fantastic emails and you manage to engage with an audience and, and all of that. Excellent. These, the, the, you're going to have to figure out your way. What I'm talking about to, for this step is really to people who have an established online business so you don't have to be making you know tens of thousands of dollars but you've, you've got some revenue coming in you're sort of getting an idea of what works and what doesn't okay next so i want to talk about limiting hours per week uh, this is interesting I, I read tim ferris's four-hour work week I'm, i know lots of people have it's very popular and in there he talks about parkinson's law and basically what that means is that uh, the theory is work expands so as to fill the time available for its completion Okay, so basically, no matter how much time you give something, you're going to fill up that time to complete it. So you can give it two hours or you can give it 20 hours. If you give it 20 hours, you're probably going to go overboard. You're going to put in the 20 hours, but let's say you give it two hours, you're still able to get the job done, but you only assign it for two hours. So 
This is something I'm mindful of. Uh, I tend to do this pretty naturally. I tend to try to do things as quickly as possible. Uh, I don't. I don't. I'm not afflicted with perfectionism. This this probably it pertains more to people who just have to get things perfect. I don't have that problem. Uh, it also applies to people who just get what we call uh, analysis paralysis. And I do get that sometimes. And, and that stems from not being 100% certain on what you need to do. And that's a tough situation to be in. And so you don't do anything. And that's usually the wrong move. Uh, you're going to make mistakes in this business. It's better. I mean, I'm not saying be you know be sloppy or, or do things without any thought or research behind it. But you got to do something. If you do nothing and you fill up that full 20 hours with nothing, that's a big waste of time. Okay. Uh, next up, focus on the projects that you can outsource. Uh, I do this. I will, in fact, more and more, and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I, I do stupid things, and I go on. It's like, oh, this would be a great idea. I want to do that. And you know, I forget to think about, okay, well, how outsourceable is this? Because some things are, are, are more outsourceable than others. All right? FatSex blog is difficult to outsource. It, it's me. It's, I write most of the blog posts. I, I put those into the email. I do the podcasts, which are based off the blog posts. And so I could outsource it. I certainly I could hire someone to, to talk. They probably would create more, um, a, a more polished podcast in terms of editing all that. I'm not a big editor. Uh, I could have people write all this stuff, but there's a personal voice behind it. So fat, fat sex is one of those things that's hard to, hard to outsource, and then I'm okay with that because I enjoy, I enjoy the site. I enjoy what I do here. So if you enjoy it, it's fine. Do it, do it as much as you want. It's the stuff that you don't enjoy, and it has a recurring element to it, and it, you know, it's something that you can train someone else to do. You, you want to get that outsourced as soon as you can. Now, I appreciate many people listening do not have much revenue coming in, and you're not going to be able to afford it. And I, I couldn't for years, so that that's fine. I, I know you read about outsourcing, and you're like, well, I can't afford it, so I don't even want to think about this. And... and and we've all been there. Uh, it's for people who are making some money but are resisting outsourcing because you're worried that they're not going to be able to do it as well as you. And at first that's the case, but you'd be amazed if you train them and you hire good people and keep good people that they'll probably get better than you at it. And I, I hire writers who are way better writers than me, and I have VAs who do things that's related to the work for the sites, and they do it much better than I do. So... Get rid of that notion, okay? It will make your life so much easier. Moving on. Scale up what works and ditch the rest, okay? For me to try to build a YouTube channel would be kind of silly. And, and, and I say that because sometimes I kick the notion around and I even do the odd video for some niche sites, but they're never very good. It doesn't work for me. But what does work for me is doing really good keyword research and looking up low competition keywords, structuring articles, doing outlines, knowing, knowing how to instruct writers, setting up systems for getting content published on niche sites. This sort of stuff is what I'm good at. It's what I enjoy doing. That's what I need to stick with, right? Video is not my thing. I'm certainly no influencer. I can tell you that. I'm not, I'm not good on video. I'm not the best copywriter. I'm not a great email writer. I'm not, I'm not really good at you know, writing conversion type landers, all this stuff. These are not my strengths. But fortunately, I have one thing that I'm pretty good at, and it's niche sites, evergreen content, low competition keywords. That's what I need to focus on. That's generally what I focus on. Fat stacks the exception. Uh, 
and so I just rattle on about this sort of stuff. But all my other niche sites, that's what they do. I got to stick with it, replicate, replicate, replicate to scale, outsource, outsource, train, 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 and add more sites. It all takes time, but that for me is what works. Next, to avoid blogger burnout in case you've forgotten what we're talking about, have realistic expectations. I think if you have unrealistic expectations, you can get stressed out, right? You're thinking, you get, you set out these goals, you hit certain metrics at certain times, you're going to publish a certain amount of articles at a certain time, and you're not going to meet every goal. And I'm not saying not have goals, but set realistic ones, like seriously. You're not going to get to a million visitors from Google SEO within three months of launching a website. It's not going to happen. You probably publish a thousand articles on day one. I don't think it's going to happen. Is it within the realm of possibility? I suppose it is, but don't count on it. So have realistic expectations with everything, right? And I think it's also good to set goals by what you can actually control rather than what you don't control, right? You could say, I have a goal of hitting 500,000 monthly visitors by such and such a date, or I have a goal of publishing 150 articles by such and such a date. You have control over the number of articles you publish. You don't necessarily have a control over how much search traffic you get. But the more articles you publish, and and based on a good system, whatever, whether you're a link builder and you go for a higher search volume or whether you go for low competition like I do, the more content you publish that pertains to the way you do things, the, the more likely you are going to hit those higher traffic goals. Next, learn to live with unfinished work. This, this is actually a, a difficult thing for people who have who do work or own businesses where it's never done, all right? There are those jobs you go to, you clock in, you clock out, you go home, you don't think about it anymore, you're done. Your responsibility's done. It doesn't matter what happens at the workplace, it's not your responsibility, you're not there, okay? Being a blogger is not that, right? The internet's 24-7, things can happen all the time. You always have things you wanna try, do, opportunities to take advantage of, things to fix, on and on and on and on. It goes. So you need to learn to live with the fact that you always will have unfinished work. And it's not always easy. It's hard. It's hard. It's a hard thing to, to manage. And I still do, uh, even many years into it. Sometimes you just, like, you, you can't, you need to learn to, like, actually go and turn your brain off from this stuff. It's sort of like practicing law. You're never done law. You always have files. You always have, you know, matters coming up that need to be dealt with. And it's never done, right? If, you, if you're done as a lawyer, you're actually literally done. You you don't have any work. So it's the same with us. We're sort of lucky. We always have work. It's it's That's the plus side, but turning it off is difficult. Another one, and this is a little platitude cliche for sure, but I had to throw it in because I actually do think it's important. At least it works for me in those Get, develop interests outside of work. Don't don't have blogging as the only thing you're interested in in life. Um, for me, I, I love it, and I'm very fortunate I get to do something I really enjoy uh, for my work. And I never have a problem going to work. It's not, I, I, I don't think there's ever a day where I'm like oh, I don't really feel like going in today. Uh, but at the same time, it, it's good to have things you enjoy doing that's completely different outside of work. It, it can motivate you to actually drop things and go do stuff, whether it's social things, or sports, hobbies, whatever, family, kids, whatever. Uh, it, it's 
it helps you disengage. It gives you something to occupy your mind, which gives you a break. And I just think if you if you just blogged 18, 20 hours a day, I just I can't imagine that that's going to be good in the long run. But who am I? I'm, I'm certainly not holding myself out to be some health and wellness expert or anything. I just throw that in there because for me, it's it's helped out. So that's it. Avoid blogger burnout. It's not a, never a good thing. How do you tell whether you have it? I'm, I'm not really sure. I don't think I've ever had full blogger burnout, but I've had those days where it's like, yep, I put in probably 30 minutes extra I shouldn't have. I should have just shut her down. I usually notice it, though, before anything really happens. I start sort of like not really focused, not really getting it done, just kind of checking out other websites, watching short comedy YouTube videos, you know, when that sort of stuff starts happening, it's like, all right, it's time to pack it in, right? Nothing's happening. I might as well go do something else rather than pretend I'm at work. It's not like we're forced to sit, fill a desk and, and punch a clock and, and kill the time. No, it's, that's great. You know, if, if I'm not actually getting anything done, I might as well just shut her down and go do something else. Thanks for listening. <laughs>